This Dharma talk was recorded at Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. All right, well, good evening again, everyone. Welcome to Prairie Mountain Zen Center and our fall 2023 class on Genjo Koan, Dogen's first fast call from his Shobogenzo, the treasury of the true Dharma eye. Thank you again to Jodo Cliff for supporting our practice and study. Uh, tonight, we're going to focus on a part of the fascicle known as Something is Missing and read this passage from the San Francisco Zen Center translation. It comes right after the famous passage uh, that we read last time, so I'm going to incorporate that. The specific passage in mind is highlighted, but I'm going to start right above there. Enlightenment is like the moon reflected in the water. The moon does not get wet, nor is the water broken. Although its light is wide and great, the moon is reflected even in a puddle an inch wide. The whole moon and the entire sky are reflected in dewdrops on the grass or even in one drop of water. Enlightenment does not divide you, just as the moon does not break the water. You cannot hinder enlightenment, just as a drop of water does not hinder the moon in the sky. The depth of the drop is the height of the moon. Each reflection, however long or short its duration, manifests the vastness of the dewdrop and realizes the limitlessness of the moonlight in the sky. When Dharma does not fill your whole body and mind, you think it is already sufficient. When Dharma fills your body and mind, you understand that something is missing. For example, when you sail out in a boat to the midst of an ocean where no land is in sight, and view the four directions. The ocean looks circular and does not look any other way. But the ocean is neither round nor square. Its features are infinite in variety. It is like a palace. It is like a jewel. It only looks circular as far as you can see at that time. All things are like this. Though there are many features in the dusty world and the world beyond conditions, you see and understand only what your eye of practice can reach. In order to learn the nature of the myriad things, you must know that although they may look round or square, the other features of oceans and mountains are infinite in variety. Whole worlds are there. It is so not only around you, but also directly beneath your feet or in a drop of water. And this passage really has us reflecting on a number of things, right, that Dogen speaks directly to us as practitioners using second person you. You, practitioner, see only as far as your eye of practice can reach. And I think as we settle into our practice and we settle into our zazen, we study into, we settle into the study of the self, as Dogen expresses it earlier in the classical, we gradually can see or understand what he means about our eye of practice. And this is something that 
he's pushing us towards, right? From the very beginning, right? Putting Genjo Koan at the front of Shobo Genjo, the treasury of the true Dharma eye. So this fascicle really is emphasizing both our practice as the study of the self, but also how we are limited. And, and this passage about sailing out into the middle of the ocean. In our textbook, Realizing Genjo Koan, Reverend Okamura Roshi comments on this passage, right? And he has us saying or realizing that we walk our way into wisdom as we settle more deeply in our practice. And we start to see that even though we may have this sort of unbroken experience of wholeness, of oneness, like the moonlight in the water, or when we sail out into the vastness of the ocean, we see the wholeness or the the inso circle of Zen practice, that nothing is separate and that we are interbeing as Tignahan expresses it. But this uh, idea of practice that he's pointing us to in those two lines, that when we are with the Dharma, right, we may think that it is completely sufficient. And yet, when we are really deeply immersed in it, we realize that there is something missing. And this is our practice, that simply because the Dharma exists, um, is we realize that is not enough. We realize our practice is always meeting the next moment. And that although we may have this experience of oneness and completeness, our practice, our responsibility in it is to come back to the practice in the very next moment and to recognize that we ourselves are limited and that our eye of practice is always going to meet a new moment, a new being. And only by our practice are we going to be fully present to the interbeing of that moment. This is often expressed when we meet with our teacher in Dokusan, when we go in for private interview. We may have met many times before, but this is a new moment. The only this moment, however many times before, we are not the same, and neither is the person meeting us. And so our practice enables us to meet in that moment, in that completely unique moment of being, of interbeing, and allow what is there to unfold to manifest. When we think we know what it is, we put ourselves inside a box, like we're all inside the little Zoom boxes right now on the screen, right? And we, the box is really our box of conventional habitual thinking, like I know this person and this person knows me. And in a certain sense, this is the case, right? Because we bring our limited self, our relative self, and so does this other person in the teacher's seat. And yet, by really realizing that something is missing, 
we both show up with our practice and allow the fullness of that interbeing to fully be there, which can include things that have arisen between past meeting and present meeting, and but also things that just manifest right there in that moment. And so that metaphor that Dogen uses of sailing out in a ocean, sorry, in a in a ocean, in, in a boat to the middle of the ocean, right, it is sailing into that, or or maybe it's not even sailing because that sounds like we're doing it, but maybe our our practice rafts us out into this spaciousness uh, where we experience the circularity, the oneness, the wholeness, and. Um, but again, Okamura Roshi really pushes us back. He says, no, no, we realize the limited view of our Dharma eye, no matter how deeply seasoned in practice we may be. So I wanted to start with that. And, um, and then to say, often in this life, we feel something is missing. This is really kind of from our relative self, right? That human biology may limit us in this mortal body, and yet our consciousness is expansive and at the same time full of yearning. In some ways, this is good because it imbues us with hopes and dreams. The sense of possibilities ahead can drive us on. And I think that's also true in practice. Right, we might struggle to ma- manifest our right effort if we didn't have a sense of I can get there, right? Or I have a sense of I'm going somewhere. And at the same time, this mode of perception, as William Blake might express it, can separate us from present moment only moment. As we talked about before, when we perceive along a continuum and look ahead in time with anticipatory energy. We forget to return to where we are, as Dogen states in the fascicle. So Zazen brings us back, always, moment by moment, to sensations arising in body, to emotions arising, our desire, our aversion, and our sort of neutral uh, feeling, where we almost like the feeling we might have for the wall that's not particularly interesting. And maybe we even miss that it's there. And there, so we follow our thoughts. We're really intimate with our thoughts, with this Zazen awareness, moment by moment. Oh, there's another one arising, passing away. And then our mind states, we really can hone in, especially when we notice the repetition of a particular mind state. That our consciousness returns to. And so as we practice through the seasons of our life, we become seasoned and we become more habituated in this awakened way, aware of our human predicament, including those moments where we fall into delusion, right? And this is, again, one of the themes from the beginning of Genjo Koan that Buddhas are the ones who are intimate with delusion, right? They're really keenly aware and always coming back to that awareness. And so this clarifies Dogen's expression, though there are many features in the dusty world and the world beyond conditions. You see and understand 
only what your eye of practice can reach. The version from San Francisco Zen Center of the moonlight reflected in the water centers on enlightenment, right? That's the very first word of the translation. Enlightenment is like the moon reflected in the water. The moon does not get wet, nor is the water broken. Although its light is wide and great, the moon is reflected even in a puddle an inch wide. The whole moon, the entire sky, are reflected in dewdrops in the grass, or even in one drop of water. Enlightenment does not divide you, just as the moon does not divide the water. You cannot hinder enlightenment. In Roshi Okamura's translation, the focus centers on the person who attains realization. Right, so the stress in 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 Okamura-san's version is more on the practitioner. He says, when a person attains realization, it is like the moon's reflection in the water. And he goes on to say, realization does not destroy the person, as the moon does not make a hole in the water. The person does not obstruct realization, as a drop of dew of dew does not obstruct the moon in the sky. And I think we can appreciate this version, this translation, right? Because Okamura-san is directing us really to think, it humanizes it, right? Whereas the other one, the the, the first one we read tonight, and that focuses on enlightenment, and it, it, it makes it less personal. And I think both of these, they're almost like two sides to a whole in helping us to see through Okamura's vision, we are the practitioner, and 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 we are not divided. Um, and in the San Francisco version, the stress on enlightenment, I think it really helps us feel the spaciousness of it. Um, it's almost like there isn't a person in there at all, which is kind of part of the point. So each version is luminous. Each utilizes the image of the moonlight in the water and emphasizes this clear, calm, shining interbeing. The undivided nature of enlightenment is what we are pointed towards. And this is important, this undivided nature of awakening, of realization. Because, of course, moments of fear can arise in our zazen as in our lives. Our relative self fears annihilation and loss and just grips tightly to the self. And we can see this when we're really quiet and focused and concentrated in Zazen. And this is partly why this passage follows the analogy of the firewood and the ash, Dogen's teaching on no birth, no death. Okamura translates this passage as, firewood dwells in the Dharma position of firewood and has its own before and after. Although before and after exist, past and future are cut off. Ash stays in the position of ash with its own before and after. As firewood never becomes firewood again, after it is burned to ash, there is no return to living after a person dies. However, in Buddha Dharma, it is an unchanged tradition not to say that life becomes death. Life is a position in time. Death is also a position in time. That's on pages two and three. 
in the Okamura translation in the Blue Book. No arising and no perishing manifest completely in present moment, only moment. The calm, clarity, and luminous being time manifests. Enlightenment does not divide you, just as the moon does not break the water. But because of our fear, as experienced by relative or limited self, we grip, we are terrified that we will be broken. When we open the hand of thought, as Uchiyama Roshi expresses it, there's that relaxation, that ease, that calm abiding. And we are only ever right here now, completely. I think if we were to be struck by a meteorite in the next moment, right, then suddenly we would have just been in this moment. And that would have been our moment. And then poof, poof. Maybe it wouldn't be poof if it was a meteorite. At any rate, this fully present now, right, where we are unhindered. And he gives us the sense of the spaciousness, the expansiveness, right? The depth of the drop, this one drop, is the height of the moon. It seems impossible. And we often identify like that. I am just this little drop in this great vast universe, the soul little being. But he says, however long or short its duration, each reflection manifests the vastness of the dewdrop and realizes the limitlessness of moonlight in the sky. And he goes on to say, practice, enlightenment, and people are all like this. I just think this is an extraordinary statement, right? That practice Enlightenment and people are like this. Now, in her book on Uji, Being Time, which I've mentioned a number of times, Shinshu Roberts points out, open inclusiveness gets lost in our life. She demonstrates how frequently our yearning for this all-completing enlightenment presents its own kind of problem. She writes at greater length, concurrent with this kind of thinking is the notion that once we are enlightened, we can't go back to delusion, or that delusion is something in the distant past. Mistakes are behind us, and perfection out in front. Thank you for laughing. Yeah. And she concludes by saying, clinging to this way of thinking is always a problem, regardless of the situation. Yeah, right? The idea that we have somehow transcended, and it's just this golden road of perfection just stretching out infinitely in front of us, right? It seems extraordinary, but I think it's very common, right? This sort of, the aspiration towards enlightenment is so strong that we can tend to think this way, right? If if only I could get there, right? And that's really that expression of the limited self, the craving. If only I could get to that golden road, then mistakes are behind me, perfection in front. Um in his earlier fascicle, Fukan Zazengi, which translates as his universal recommendations for Zazen, Dogen writes, if the least like or dislike arises, the mind is lost in confusion. If there is the slightest discrepancy, the way is as distant as heaven from earth. So between these two fascicles, the earlier Fukan Zazengi and now Dogen's Genjo Koan, we begin to understand our essential practice. Cease from practice based on intellectual understanding, and pursuing words, following after speech, and learn the backward step that turns your light inwardly to illuminate yourself. So always we are 
coming back to this. And Uchiyama Roshi's expression, opening the hand of thought, is moment by moment zazen practice, sitting, standing, walking, and lying down, where we, in one moment, are suddenly lost. Where was I? Where was I thinking? What was I? Oh, oh, I was clenched down on myself. I was thinking. I was lost in this mind state. And then we have really come back to that fundamental practice of turning the light inwardly to the study of the self. But it's also true to recognize that while we want to make right effort and right mindfulness and be concentrated, it's not always something that we're doing with our observer, right? That observer part of consciousness. Yes, that is integral to the practice, but so is simply sitting upright and allowing the groundedness of the body to take hold, to relax into it, and to open into the spaciousness that goes beyond that intellectual understanding that we're so often pursuing. And so this is where Dogen comes back in Gunjuk Koan to his essential point. When you practice intimately and return to where you are, it will be clear nothing at all has unchanging self. And this is where we realize, and, and I'm stealing a little bit of uh, Sojin Mel Roshi Weitzman's uh, commentary on Gendro Koan, where, uh, and I think this was pretty shortly before he passed at age 90 at Berkeley, Berkeley Zen Center. Um, and he's clarifying to his fellow students who are asking him about Gendro Koan. And he says, look, birth is in every moment. Death is in every moment. And, you know, and they're not the way we conventionally habitually think of them as sort of back there or out there. But literally like the birth of this thought or this sensation and it's passing away. And Norman Fisher stresses this in his introduction to Being Time by Shinshu Roberts, where he says, it's not the way we conventionally think. Instead, it's that things are born and pass away at the same time. Always this is happening. And this is how Roshi Kwan at Sonoma Sin Center can say, sort of in his book, uh, no beginning, no end, that there is this ongoing interbeing that is completely beyond our sense of limited selves, birth and death. Sitting under the Bodhi tree, being upright, right here on our cushion, we manifest this practice going forward out of Zazen into all moments of our conventional life. Okamura says, we see the incompleteness of our practice and perceive that the characteristics of all things are subtle, complex, and innumerable. We then understand that we must inquire endlessly into the nature of all things and, as bodhisattvas, must perpetually explore the proper way to sincerely practice with all beings. This is on 146 and 147 in, in the Blue Book, our textbook. Opening into this realization is to Genjo Koan to actualize the fundamental point of our lives and practice. 
Okamura concludes his insight by stating, we see that the moon has infinite height and that our lives as individuals have infinite depth. Yet we also realize as individuals, what we can see is limited. No matter how deep, how high, or how broadly we focus our vision, our view will always be limited. To see this limit is wisdom. And in this respect, we see not only the great spaciousness that awakening into this mode of consciousness, this awakening into big mind brings and unfolds, but also the humility and humbleness of interbeing. Dogen in Gindra Kolan points us both directions. Enlightenment is like the moonlight on the water. And you see and understand only what your eye of practice can reach. We are deeply suffused with Dharma, allowing all things to be exactly as they are, including ourselves in the midst of delusion, our limited view, which does not end. Therefore, we acknowledge something is missing. It is our own right effort, returning to practice moment by moment. To recognize our limited humanity is important as we mature into Dharma leaders and bodhisattvas who serve the world every day, every moment, even with our limitations. We may have profound experiences seeing the great circular ocean right where we are, always meeting boundless possibilities. To practice the way of the bodhisattva is to show up completely open this new moment, to listen and enter that moment with others. In Fukan Zazengi, Dogen says, although it is said there are as many minds as there are persons, still they all negotiate the way solely in Zazen. By cultivating our Zazen, we show up completely this new moment. We open the hand of thought and simply return to where you are. Thank you. You've been listening to a Dharma Talk from Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. To learn more about us or to make a donation, visit us at prairiemountain.org.